Welcome to the Not All Live and Light podcast. I'm your host, Romy Moreno, and today we have Max Tromley. He is a men's facilitator. He's a relationship coach, a father, a husband. Welcome. Thanks, Romy. I'm, I'm glad to be here and I'm excited for today. So. I'm excited too because of the work that you do. I'm not sure how I came across your page, but it just pulled me in to invite you on the podcast because I feel like the work that you're doing is very, very important. Oh, thanks. I you're feel, welcome. Yeah, you know, honored to receive that from you right now. I'm just, I feel honored, you know, that something crossed your field and you were like, oh, this guy. So I'm stoked yeah. to be here. Right. You know, yeah. everything is always in alignment as yeah. we spoke previously. So there's definitely a reason why you're here today. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got into this work? Sure. Yeah, I mean, the journey and the work, that's two different stories. And the, the easiest way to say it is like, like most people, I had a life, you know, I was born in 1981. So, you know, my teenager in the 90s came through the 2000s. And I was a musician for a long time. I was an artist for a long time. And what I didn't know is that I was holding a lot from my childhood. My mom was sick. She had cancer. She passed away when I was a teenager. And, you know, you come through that kind of life and you're left with this you know, conventionally we call it baggage, but it's just like withheld emotions, things that I never felt through fully. And I lived my life from that place. So I had anger, I had confusion, I had fear, all these things, but I didn't know. And that's the subconscious. And and so anyway, sometime around my mid thirties, I just realized something was off. Like I didn't understand what was going on in my life, why I had constructed the relationships that I had constructed, why I was having the same kind of relationship dynamics appear. And you know, I was, I was married at the time. And as I was approaching a divorce, I looked at what went wrong, what went right and what went wrong. And, you know, I was, I had a successful business. I bought a farm in Virginia. So a lot went right, but I arrived there and I was like, something's wrong. It's like, well, what did I miss? And as I started to look inward and I got some great insight from, you know, therapists, from a person who had studied as a monk, and I had some other friends that were doing self-work, I just realized I was missing some core components. One, self-awareness, you know, awareness of my thoughts, my mind, my emotions, uh, my emotional intelligence. I, I wasn't very emotionally intelligent. I mean, if you ask me in, you know, around age 34, how do you feel about your emotions? I would have just said, oh, I'm fine. You know, I'm good. I think I'm good. And what I didn't realize was just how much was at play in my emotional body and that was, you know, having an effect or even controlling parts of my life and how I believed and felt about life. So I draw this out to just kind of explain that I was just a, I was a man that was married, had business, had a degree of success in my life, realized something was deeply wrong and just started to dig in and kind of look at what what's here. And so I learned how to meditate, I learned some other things and I immediately started sharing this with other men. I thought, wow, I've got to share this with men and the Me Too movement was happening. And so I started a men's uh, circle in my backyard and we just would meet around a fire. We would talk about ideas like meditation and, you know, intimacy and relationship dynamics and dating. And that was what started where I am today. So that was a decade ago. And I now run uh, a really powerful men's circle in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, and I, f I facilitate a global men's um, circle uh, with a guy that I work with. And I also coach people on love and relationship because the one thing that I realized was if I'm going to get back in a relationship, I want to get it right. And I want to figure out how to love and how to love beautifully and how to receive love and create intimacy and passion and how to do it sustainably, because I don't want to bounce from relationship to relationship. I want to find my, uh, I want to find my bae, my woman, and I want to go all in on life with her. And 
So I'm now happily married again. I have two kids and we're six years into a relationship that is just so beautiful, so juicy, so enlivening. And all of this is because of the work that I've done, what I've really, what I've decided to take on as the path of learning for myself. Um, and I now teach it and I teach it to a lot of people and I help people come into deeper intimacy, into deeper relationship. I help people discover who they truly are and how to live in alignment with that. Um, and you know, it's one of the most gratifying things I've ever done with my life. And I feel really proud to be doing it on a daily basis. So that's, that's my story in a nutshell. I love that. I really do. And it all just starts with the journey within, with us and then seeing how I'd like to say simple because some of the tools and the strategies are so simple, but we just overcomplicate everything. And then when you feel like, wow, if I was able to overcome that, knowing where I was, I want to help others do the same. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly right. You know, and a lot of the overcomplication stuff, I often say that we are meaning making machines. And so whenever something happens, we make meaning of it. That's often much bigger and heavier than the reality that we're actually in. And, you know, dialing back the meaning and just coming back to, no, oh, I'm okay. Things are okay. I can work with this. That's the core piece of empowerment, you know? Yeah. And and going back to the simple things, when you explain it and you teach these um, strategies, I'm sure people are like, is this really it? And they don't realize the yeah. changes until it's over time, over time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I, know. I mean, a really, like, there's a really great example of this, like the core thing that like, women want their men to just be present and to be right here. And so like when a woman is explaining like, this is what's alive for me, the guy ejects and he's he's like, oh, let me fix it. Let me figure out how to fix this. And now he's outside of the experience. And all that's really necessary is instead of jumping into how can I fix this experience, it's just being with, yeah, baby, that makes sense. And it's that simple. If you can just be present with what she is saying, boom, that's a complete sentence. That's a complete moment. But what men conventionally do is, oh, like, I got to fix this. I got to like, you know what I mean? And then they get into the complicated, how do I create a solution to this problem? When really the solution is just to be with it. You know, it's so simple. Yeah, I know. It, yeah. it just seems so. The thing is that going back to like the childhood stuff and, yeah. and the wounds, we only know how to survive a certain way. So. Yeah we just are reacting the same way that we've always have without really knowing. So somebody will go to you, an expert that has done this type of work in order yeah. for them to learn how to notice their emotions and notice how it's affecting their relationships. Cause conscious relationships, I, I was, I'm also divorced. I haven't had a conscious relationship since I've been divorced, yeah. but I have conscious relationships with my friends. Yeah, totally. So, I've, I'm having a lot of practice with them until the right person comes along. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get it. <laughs> and, and it's just the conversations are so different. If, if something's bothering us instead of just sweeping it onto the rug or just pretending like everything right. is fine or yeah. just being kind of catty and snotty with each other, we're having conversations like this is bothering me. This is what's triggering me. I have yeah. one friend that she was really triggering my, my abandonment wound with my dad. Yeah, oh, And it was man, as yeah. simple as like, I already knew that sometimes we would make plans and she was just not going to show up. Yeah. Then yeah. I got used to it totally. and it wasn't affecting me. But then I realized how, when I was also a child, I just wasn't expecting my dad to ever show up, even totally. if he was coming. Yeah. When I realized that I was like, 
oh shit. So I need to have this conversation with her because this is not okay. Yeah. So that yeah, is that my process sense. in building conscious relationships because I haven't met somebody that has done the work that is willing to show up the way that, you know, I need them to show up. Yeah, totally. And what's really beautiful about what you just explained is that you had a situation with your friend and you realized that there was a childhood wound that was being triggered by it. And you get to go from that place and just say, hey, listen, when this thing happens, this is how it makes me feel because of, you know, this is how like my dad was when I was a kid. And it doesn't feel good for me. Mm -hmm. And then the person gets to see that it's not just really about her or something she's doing wrong. She gets to see that this is some tenderness that you have in your nervous system that you're bringing awareness to. And so that's the whole piece around taking self-responsibility over your wounds and your nervous system and sharing from that place rather than projecting at your partner, like you're doing it wrong. And you're like, that's hurtful. Like, you know, which is ultimately the more conventional way is we're always just telling our partners they're doing something wrong. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just like how we're receiving what's happening, our projection of what's happening. Yeah, exactly. The frame in which we see it. It really does help that she's done the work as well. So instead of her being like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm not your dad. <laughs> you know, it's you have daddy issues. It's more like, wow, I could totally see that. And I'm sorry because she knows my story. So it's very healing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You can be heard and, and the person can receive what you're saying. And it's not a bigger conflict. It's more of a place of, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know? Right. Yeah. One of the foundational tools that I teach people in relationship is this thing called the Imago Dialogue. And what it is, is instead of projecting our pain at each other, if you create the structure for the dialogue, you know, one person will say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. And person B, the second person will say, let me repeat what I heard so that, you know, there's this connection around just, you know, oh, yeah, you, yeah, you heard me correctly. And then person B will say, and it makes sense you feel that way, like that way, regardless of whether it's right or wrong, because that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Two people can have a different truth. And so just by doing that, by hearing, validating and saying like, that makes sense. Like it softens the whole experience of conflict almost immediately. Yeah. Cause it also makes the other person feel like I'm actually being heard, listening yeah. to the other person, repeat back to what I'm saying. Cause yeah. a lot of times we just want to be seen. We just want to be heard. So yeah, that's a great strategy. I didn't know that it, it was called something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was developed by some relationship psychologists in like the 1970s or 80s or something. And I'll it share it with again? you later. It's called the Imago Dialogue. Imago. Um, okay. Yeah, I-M-A-G-O. And it's a pretty simple process. If you look it up online, there's like 10 steps. You can actually just get it down to like four steps and really effective. Um, but it's great. It's a great communication tool for relationships. You know, it's just... Um, it's about saying, Hey, can I say something? Can I share something with you? And then can you just share back what you heard so I can make sure we're in the same place of understanding? That's like the first stage of it. And, and it's great. And it works really well for relationships that are on the habitual path of just like something's off and the other person gets defensive and then there's just a conflict and then they walk away and it never gets resolved. And that, that, when that happens, you start building resentment and then from resentment becomes contempt. And that's usually the end of a relationship because somebody doesn't trust that the other person is emotionally capable to hold them. Does that make sense? Yeah. It doesn't make yeah. them feel safe either. Yeah, exactly. No well, it, it isn't safe mm -hmm. from a nervous system level because you just feel like your partner isn't aware of where you're at. And it's just, yeah, it's incredibly triggering. But, you know, you, you mentioned something about childhood wounds. What's really interesting about wounds, it's not just wounds. It's actually just the way that the way our parents modeled relationship for good or for worse, is what we learned. And so then when we are creating relationships, we're just repeating the same dynamics that we learned, even if they weren't good dynamics. And so until we realize what is the dynamic I learned, what are the wounds that I have from my childhood, we can't pivot them, heal them, 
and shift them to create a different type of relationship in our future. So it's so important to look at that stuff. It's incredible the difference yeah. in the relationships that you'll cultivate yeah. once you've done that work. Totally. That's yeah, it's game changing. Not easy, but it's yeah, it's it's game changing for sure. Did you do the work before meeting your current wife? I did a bunch. I, I mean, I, I I met my wife in 2018. I started doing this work in 2015. So, you know, I had I had some time. I got some time under my belt. I did a lot of meditation. I learned how to meditate using an insight meditation process where you just are aware of your thoughts and you just kind of release them and let them go and come back to breath. And um, and then I met my wife. And since my wife, I've done a lot of training around this. So I've I've um, I've done facilitator training. I've been leading men's circles for a long time. Um, and I've, you know, read a ton of books and implemented practices into my life and, you know, my teachings. And so the answer is yes. And since my wife, I've also grown exponentially in terms of this work. Yeah, because I find that dating, once you've done the work, it's so much harder because sure. you're so aware. Yeah. You're so aware. I was literally thinking about that this morning. Mm. Because you, you're doing the work, so it, you're, you're able to see things that you didn't see before. Yeah. I mean, why do you think it makes it harder? I'm curious. I think because I feel before when I used to date, if I just liked somebody, they made me feel a certain way, something yeah, yeah, that yeah. maybe my inner child was um, asking for that I didn't mm -hmm. receive as childhood, I would be like, okay, I'm in, regardless yeah. if they were actually a, a true match for me. Yeah. Now, yeah, totally. yeah. now I'm really just breaking everything down. Like I don't try to make my first date sound like an interview, but there's a lot of, you know, analyzing that's going on because I am very good on my own. I am so yeah. happy on my own. I love taking myself out. I love doing things on my own. So if anybody's going to come around, it's to add value. Totally. That and yeah. not to disturb my peace. Yeah. So I'm very cautious but not in a way that i'm completely blocked off yeah oh that's good yeah it's really great yeah it's interesting i actually see i see it as once you become more conscious dating becomes easier because you're able to see the people that are not a match more more quickly um but i do agree with you that then it's like it's kind of a numbers game and it's like a marathon because then you got to date a lot of people before you find someone that oh this guy might have some ability to be more conscientious and conscious within a relationship so it does take time right. um but yeah you know when i was dating in 2017 I, I had a very clear goal. I wanted to find a woman that could be the mother of my future child, uh, children. And um, so as I was dating, I was looking for someone that I felt could be a good mother. I was looking for someone that had kindness and a genuine sense of optimism because I wanted because I'm an optimistic guy and I believe that we can create whatever we want in life. And so I was really looking for someone who energetically matched that potential. And the other thing, you know, the third thing was I was just looking for someone that understood self-work and self-growth. Um, and even if they had only just done a little bit or even just like yoga or something, um, someone that was open to the possibility of expanding beyond where they are currently. And so when I was dating, it was actually really easy because I would just meet with somebody and I'd kind of get a sense of who they were. I'd ask them, you know, what are you looking for in relationship? Uh, what do you want to do with your life? What do you imagine your life will look like in 10 years? You know, you ask a couple questions like that and pretty quickly you can get a sense of whether this person is in the same alignment path as we are. And so, you know, I remember I, I think I dated like four or five people before my wife and a few of them, it was pretty immediate. Like on the first date, I was like, you're great. You know, it's 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 not due to a lack of attraction, but I just don't think we're in the same space. And so I hope you have a wonderful life and good luck. 
you know, and I was able to kind of have this relationship to dating that was more easeful because I knew exactly what I was after. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that sense, that sense in the dating is very easy because I do ask the questions and based on that, I could already determine if this is something that we're going to be a match for or not. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. And also it's harder to find a partner. That's the thing that's really true. Cause you know, there's like, it's like a, a needle in a haystack. Right. That's, that's what I, I guess that's what I meant when I said yeah. that dating is harder because finding the person yeah. is the hard part because yeah, yeah. I say, <laughs> it was so funny. I was at my friend's shop. She has a spirit shop and, and I was telling her, I was like, I want a unicorn. I know that what I want is a unicorn and I have some requirements, but I'm a unicorn too. And she's like, there's a unicorn right behind you. And we just started laughing. Like if we needed more signs. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. And it's going to take time. And like I said, I'm not in a rush. It's fine. But I have noticed that because I am conscious and more aware. And I know exactly what it is that I want. Yeah. The process is very different. But evaluating and just being like, okay, you're not for me. And being able to speak and communicate that. Because years ago, I probably would have not done that. That's really powerful. And if I hadn't done the work, like the whole ghosting thing and all of that, uh, I feel like so it's messy. so unnecessary. Man, oh, I forget that this is a thing, but I occasionally hear it. Someone will be like, yeah, they ghosted me. And I'm like, who does that? Like, can't you just say like, hey, you're great, but I don't, this isn't what I'm looking for. It's so simple, but it's, it's, it's not that simple because people have, you know, the people pleasing part of them or the fear part of them. And like it, it's, uh, yeah, it takes some practice to be able to stand in your power for sure. Right. Right. The whole ghosting thing. I just. It's not my thing, but I know that maybe years ago, I probably would have done that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've all done all the messiest of things in dating for sure. Or we, we withhold our truth because we're like, well, this is really exciting. I want to like, I want to, I want to play with this for a little bit, but it's like, it, I know it's not what I really want, but man, is he attractive right. or man, is she attractive? You know what I mean? Yes, so, definitely. Standing in your truth or, or the chemistry is just really loud and you're really excited and you're like, wow, this would be fun. Yeah, you know? That's so, that's just not fair. <laughs> when I've come across it, I'm like, come on, really? Like, why? This is unnecessary. Yeah. Well, it's really the universe just testing you and it's testing to see if you are capable of holding your truth or you will be tempted by really juicy unicorn-like attractive partners. You know? It's, it's funny you mentioned that. I had a client that she was also being tempted with the same pattern, the same type of thing. She's like, but Romy, like, you know, you know how I am? I go, I know how you are, but you told me this is what you want. So I think you should hold off because I feel this is a test. So she listened to me and she was able to find her soulmate. Totally. That's exactly how it happens. And that's something that people don't really get. It's like, you know, especially if, don't, if people don't have a spiritual belief, it's really hard for them to understand. But the louder your no is, the more likely your yes will emerge. It's that simple. So if all these juicy things are in front of you and you're like, oh, they all feel so good. If you can be a no to everything that doesn't actually fulfill your deepest desires in life, they just disappear and it gets really simple. The one thing that is the thing you're looking for will emerge. You know, it's kind of amazing. Because that's honestly the real power of manifestation. Not the vision wars and the visualizations. You could visualize yourself doing whatever you want every single day, but unless you're actually energetically taking that action, nothing's going to change. No, that's 100% right. Yeah, the energetic component is key. If if I go through the world as he who is only available for the highest love, the, the lower bars of love won't even feel me as accessible. And somebody that is actually attuned to higher love will be like, that guy, there's something about that guy. Like, what's up? You know, 
And the way I met my wife was actually really interesting and it's kind of true magic, but I gave myself one year to date. And I said, at the end of the year, if I don't find my partner, I'm going to pause, take six months off, do my own thing and just explore my own work and then try again. And so I dated through this year, you know, I, I have a whole strategy for how to date effectively. And I did this thing. And at the end of the year, I was like, okay, you know, it's, it's not my moment. And instead of being in a dark place about it, um, you know, that song, you can't hurry love. I think it's the Supremes. It's like, dun, 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 dun. it's like, I don't know. You can't hurry love. It's like an old school, classic oldies. I'm song. sure if I hear it, I'm terrible. Yeah. You would know it. You would know it. But anyway, so I just like, I played that one day and I just kind of rested in like, it's fine. It'll arrive when it arrives. And I went to get off the dating sites, OkCupid, Bumble, and Tinder at the time. And I got off OkCupid and Bumble. I got on Tinder to get off Tinder and this woman popped up and I was like, oh, come on. Like this really cute woman that I was like, uh, I read her bio and it was exactly what I was looking for. It was like, you know, she said like, the, you know, vegan mother of a three-year-old kid, like love and like, a high, I, don't, I don't remember the exact words, but I remember being like, come on. Like, is this even real? Like, is this woman real? So I was like, all right, I'll give her until noon tomorrow. So I left Tinder open at 930 the next morning. I heard the, you know, the beep. And uh, I was like, oh, my God, this woman. So we started texting and I immediately was like, I need to talk to you because I just I didn't have time to do the text thing. I was like, can I get your number? Can we can I talk to you on the phone? And so we got on the phone and that was like a Saturday. And by Wednesday, I met her and it, we've been married for six years. That's but it was just. Yeah, it was, it was like, as soon as I turned, like, I just said, okay, I'm going to take, the, I'm going to close down my dating sites and I'm just going to stop dating for a minute. And there, boom, she popped up right in that moment. And she had just gotten on the dating sites that day. Wow. So I was getting, uh, yeah, it was like, it was like, I was walking out the door and she was walking in the door and we just, in that brief moment, we caught each other's eye and that was it. And I have the most amazing relationship in the world. And I just got really lucky, you know? That's amazing. Yeah. Happy yeah. That's great. great. Yeah. Oh, thanks. That. Yeah. It, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that's interesting is my wife, when I met her on our first date, I said, what are you looking for in a relationship? And she said, I'm looking for someone to practice relationship with. And I was like, oh, that sounds so right. Because that's the thing. A relationship is not just what it is. It's something you get to practice and you get to deepen and you get to try different things within to create more depth, connection, passion, intimacy, all the good things. And so when she said that, I realized in that moment that this is a woman that really understood that life is not just a thing you like hit go on it's a thing that you get to actually play with and practice and try different things with so yeah it was amazing i love that response that she gave you yeah ah oh, super powerful <laughs> super powerful she got you there <laughs> yeah oh, I was, that was the moment i mean i knew in that moment and you know i remember on that date we were sitting on the i'm in new orleans louisiana so the mississippi river you know is right here and there's a levee on the side of the river and we were sitting on the levee and you know these giant boats are going by and it was a full moon and um I just remember as I was feeling her and hearing what she had to say and as I was asking her the questions like, what do you want out of your life? What are you interested in doing? I just remember feeling like I found home, like I found home in this woman and that was it. And I knew that night I was like, I'm, I don't ever have to date again. And, you know, so that it was that quick, you know, within like two hours of meeting her. Wow. Yeah. I guess they say when you know, you know. Oh, yeah. You haven't experienced you that. So <laughs> you could Yeah. Well. I think there's different layers to it. I think, you know, you know, when it's a no, 
then there's the whole gray area, confusing space of like, I don't know, something's right about it. I just don't know what's up. And like, and like, there's enough that's a yes that you kind of get into it. And then all of a sudden, once intimacy is on the table, like now you're in the confusion of like, oh, it feels good, but I don't really know. And this is why it's so important to have your North Star, to know what am I after in relationship before you date? Because that helps you stay super cognizant and clear to, I know exactly what I'm looking for. And when you have that, when it pops up, you'll know. And you won't miss it. And that's the thing that's really important. If we don't have a, if we don't have consciousness around what we're actually looking for, you know, how can we be a yes to anything? Yeah. You mentioned dating strategies earlier. Would one strategy be to kind of sit and really get intentional about what it is that you are looking for? Because I have my list and I know exactly. I already envision who this person is. And even just meeting someone, if I can envision them being that person and and it's not because I would never want anybody to be somebody that they're not right a lot of people are like oh what's on your list and I don't share it because I know that they're just going to try to live up for that and I'm like I don't share my list yeah they're going to try to validate them all I know I go I don't share my list no don't do that don't share your list I I want people to just show up as they are and if we're a match that's great if we're not that's fine too I don't share my list. So would that be one of the strategies that you would implement? Absolutely. That's a part of it. I mean, I think, you know, the way that I would explain this dating strategy that I teach is the first piece is actually less to do with your future relationships and more to do with getting clear on your lineage. So how your parents related and what your, what your, like, how did your dad for you, like, how did your dad model what a man is and is that good or is that going to affect you negatively how did your mom model what it means to be a woman what it means to be a wife partner whatever and looking at that first and then the second thing is clearing out all baggage with past relationships so that you're just clean and available as a like i'm here i'm present i'm not attached to my old relationships my exes aren't hanging around i don't have friendships that are still open with people i had intimacy with you know so it's cleaning up first and then the second stage is what do you truly want in your life So not just your relationship, but your life, like what do you imagine your life would be like on a Sunday morning in three years, you know, like imagine it and you can visualize this stuff. So once you start to really look at what am I trying to do with my life and what do I want it to feel like and look like, that's where the list can come from. So I need a partner who's capable of, you know, what what might it be? And it can be as detailed as like how much he makes a year to as wide as like a spiritual belief set you know, connection with the divine or God or, or whatever, like you can, you can say whatever you want on this list. But the important thing is to recognize that the frame that you're creating that list from, he might have all the things or she might have all the things in a different way. And so what really matters is once we create the list, how would we know a person that we're sitting in front of is capable of the things we desire? So learning how to feel that, does that make sense to you? Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know what, what doing a list actually has taught me is that you could ask for all of these things, but are you somebody that I hate to use the word deserve, but it's like, are you somebody that this person will be a match for? Because you That's could exactly find right. this person, but if you haven't done the work to be a match for this person, yeah, they, they won't find you. You could find them, but then they'll just walk out of your life. And I feel like that has happened before. Not with me, sure. but I've seen it with my clients. Well, it's probably happened to all of us. Yeah. That was the universe saying, like, if you would do these things, you had you have the possibility right there. Yeah. The 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 final piece of the strategy for dating is becoming he or she who is 
the match for the thing you desire. So often when we make this list, it's really like an idealist list. It's like, I want a guy that, you know, he's fit. He has a connection to spirit. You know, he is capable in his business and he's capable in love. Then look at yourself and like, do you match that? Are you also that? And maybe there's some work to do to elevate yourself and your energetic transmission. And what I mean by energetic transmission is who you are in the world. Like, are you the person that would be the match to the things you desire? And you can become that before you really start dating so that, you know, the right person can find you. Yeah. I've been single for probably over a year and a half now. And one of the things in my list was somebody that's emotionally available. And that I, I sat with myself and I realized that shit, maybe I'm not as emotionally available as I think I am based on the experiences I was having. Yeah. Um, I started doing the work and I had to take a step back. I was like, maybe I don't want a relationship as much as I thought that I did. And then I started working on that. But having that list also made me realize where I was lacking. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. The lists we make are often our, you know, it's they're the ideals. So, you know, we get to look at them and, you know, the emotional availability thing, there's ways when we really get into like how to date and what to do in dates to kind of feel out these things, there's things you can ask. So if you want to know if a guy is emotionally available when you're on a date with this guy that you're dating, you know, ask him like, ask him about a hard experience he's had in the past couple of months. And then like, you know, he'll tell you about something and you'll, then you can say like, how did that make you feel? And you can see how he processes his awareness around his feelings with that hardship. And, um, that's a really like, you know, how did that make you feel is a really great question to dig into whether someone has emotional capability. So use that one. That's a good trick. Yeah, that's good. You could also see if they avoid. Yeah. They're just like, oh, fine. And there, there you go. That gives you all the answers that you need. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'll hear everything. You'll hear whether they bypassed it, whether they ignored it completely or whether they were actually present to, yeah, it was a hard, it was hard. And I had to just kind of pause on, you know, it's like, however they answer this is going to give you the answer you want. So there are a couple questions that I ask or I tell people to ask when they're dating to really get clear on it, like the core things, emotional capability, whether they are um, invested in a long-term relationship and whether they have the capacity, the capacity to show up in a relationship. And so, you know, that's a hard one to really get into on a podcast, but understanding whether somebody has the capacity to be in a difficult situation and still show up at an ideal level is, is kind of the thing we're after here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the last date I went on, the guy actually told me, he was like, I could tell that you, the type of work that you do, because the conversation and how you ask questions and how you actually listen is so different than what I'm used to. Hey, it's me, Romy. I want to share a moment with you. You know, we often talk about healing, growth, and doing the work on this podcast, but where do you start? When you're feeling overwhelmed by life's challenges, trapped in the past, worried about the future, or like you're constantly battling your own thoughts and emotions. Living in a reactive state versus response, passing up opportunities because of lack of confidence and fear, not knowing how to set boundaries with others, but most importantly with yourself. That's why I created my Healing the Root Cause program. It's for those out there feeling overwhelmed and yearning for change, connection, authenticity. Pretty much, you're tired of your own shit. Together, using my proven root framework, we'll recognize your triggers, overcome the past, operate with confidence, and transform your life. As I say, it's not all love and light, and this healing journey is about confronting the shadows and embracing the mess, but still loving yourself through it all. I'll be right there with you, guiding you on this journey, every raw moment, every breakthrough, every step of the way. 
So if you're feeling that tug and want to apply to work with me, fill out the application in the show notes and we'll see if we're a good fit for each other and take it from there. Either way, I'm rooting for you. I'm like, yeah, I'm really trying to listen to see if this is something that's going to work out for me or not. Yeah, 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 exactly. I know. Yeah, it is like night and day. You know, it's funny. I was talking to my wife this morning. I was just like, I don't spend a lot of time in spaces where people aren't of a deeper capacity and capability. Like I'm pretty surrounded by people, um, even my family at this point, like everyone's kind of on a deeper frequency of life. And so when I end up in spaces that are not quite that, I'm always just like, wow, so, like, I just feel like confused about how people live the way they live. Like and then, this still exists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the majority of people will always be that way. You know, a lot of the stuff, this is so interesting. A lot of the stuff I teach is from like 4,000 years ago, you know, meditation, breath, mindfulness. Like this is stuff that was developed in the um, Indus Valley in, in the Himalayas like 4,000 years ago. And I think when I think about that, I think, wow. 4,000 years ago, they were dealing with the same thing. Like people are like frustrating, annoying. They're like full of drama and chaos. And it was so funny when they were excavating Pompeii, you know, Pompeii, like the, it was like a village that a volcano, you know, like rained lava and ash on. So it just, it, it, it paused the city of Pompeii immediately because a volcano erupted and just squashed the city and it stayed underground for a long time. And so when they were excavating it and they were finding, you know, unfortunately, like a lot of people and bodies kind of cowered, like trying to hide from the heat and the ash. But the other thing is on the side of buildings, there was graffiti and like, this is like a 2000 year old city. And on the side of some building, there was just like the same kind of graffiti you would see today in New York city or LA. It was just like, like the King is an asshole or something like whatever, you know, that kind of language. And I just remember, I remember like hearing that and it just made me laugh because I was like since the dawn of man we have been the exact same human like we've been like we're doing our best to provide for our families and raise our kids and meanwhile there's drama and there's like you know relationship issues and there's like you know we all hate the person that's in control and the government and we just complain about being taxed and it's like literally the same stuff that people have been dealing with probably for like 500,000 years you know that's crazy yeah, it's crazy. So we're just doing the same thing that we do. We human and that. So when you say like, you know, there's a lot of people that just don't get it. That's always how it's going to be. You know, there's always just going to be the majority of humans are kind of stuck in their drama, stuck in their mental confusion and chaos. And then there's certain people that want to, you know, create a different kind of life. And when you look back at the historical record, there's like shamans in almost every culture. And so people that were calling people into deeper spiritual depth. Mm-hmm. And then there were philosophers in all the different cultures and people that were thinking in different ways, you know, whether it's Chinese culture, Greek culture, Roman culture. And, um, you know, it's it was always the role of the elders to deepen the quality of life for the village. And so the wisdom of elders was what really guided people into a deeper way of being. But, you know, we've kind of lost that in a lot of ways. And so part of what I do is to help bring people back into, you know, wisdom, awareness, consciousness, deeper, deeper life, you know. I love that, especially now with men. That's why I feel like the yeah. work you do is so important. Because I feel like yeah. society has kind of tried to make men feel like doing this work makes them weak, when in reality, it makes them stronger than ever. Yeah, 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 that's absolutely true. I mean, if there's a man that's listening to this, let me just say that the most successful men that I know, men that make millions of dollars, men that have incredible relationships, men whose children love them, have done the work and they're doing the work. And, you know, it's crazy when I look at some of the people that I am inspired by, they've hired coaches, they've hired people that have helped them in their relationships, they've really done it, you know, and, um, and it's, it's not all spiritual and woo woo, like, you know, there's, you know, Tony Robbins, who's like the world famous life coach, 
you know, he has a long history, like going way back, of like just coaching like really famous people. And I just think, wow, you know, people who have access to it ask for help right. and they figure it out so they can have an easier life. Yeah. It's not weakness at you all. Know, I don't know about you, but me, even as a coach, I always am working with a coach, whether it's for my yeah. business or it's Absolutely. something, you know, maybe relationship coach or something that I currently know where I'm lacking. I'm working with a coach at the time because yeah, exactly. I can't expect my clients to implement things I don't implement myself. 100%. Yeah. I don't know everything. I know a lot, yeah, but exactly. I don't know everything. Yeah. And I'm always eager to learn more and to get better. And there's always going to be people that know more than you. And that's those are the people that you hire to in order for you to improve and get better. So even though you're a coach, it doesn't mean that that's it. You've reached some type of level where you're not going to still need to work on yourself. Yeah, no, there is no there is no level where you don't need to do work. And there's always going to be something. I've heard coaches say that, that they're at a different level than you. And I'm just looking at them. What are you talking about? Yeah. You're I mean, they might be at a different level in one particular avenue, right? So they might be financially better off or they might be in business better off or, or yeah, I mean, who knows? But the thing is, it's not, it's not really levels. People who are able to rest into success or re rest into love and passion. So it's not like you're up on a ladder. It's more just like, yeah, I feel complete. I have the thing I want in that avenue of life. There's like 15 different avenues of life that we, you know, usually care about. And it's like, yeah, anyway, getting back to what you're saying, I think the really important thing is coaches who also are coachable. That's the thing you're looking for, because anyone that thinks that they're just there and that they've arrived at the top uh, probably has quite a bit of work to do. A hundred percent. Those are the ones that probably haven't done the work themselves. Yeah. Or enough to enough to become something that they could, you know, turn into success. But yeah. Yeah. The other thing is surrounding yourself by people who are at your level of consciousness and creating circles of it. So whether it's a woman's circle for you of women that are really deep in some kind of work or for me, I have a number of men that I communicate with frequently and I just say, hey, can you check me on this? Like, this is what's alive for me. What do you think? And then usually they'll be like, yeah, man, you're just missing a huge piece of this. And I'll be like, oh, thanks. I love that because some people cannot take criticism or feedback because they feel like they're being attacked yep. when in reality... There's so much growth in that. Yeah. Well, like I said at the beginning, we're meaning making machines. So when someone gives us feedback, we're like, oh, it means I'm wrong or I'm like whatever. And then our shame, our fear, whatever gets triggered. Yeah. But anyway, you know, if you can receive feedback, you're probably the most powerful person in the world because you can just hear what people are saying and you can say that makes sense or that doesn't make sense. You know, you have more clarity around it and then you get to implement or disregard and move on. And it doesn't have to be an emotional experience. You can just say, yeah, thanks for the feedback. That, that makes a lot of sense. I'll try to shift yeah, it. Yeah, and see if there's some truth to that. Yeah. And, you know, usually people's feedback is there's some truth somewhere, even if it's not the thing they're saying. There's something that they're feeling that might be mm -hmm. true. I love that. This has been amazing. I'm so glad to have had you on. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I love it. You know, this has been a great conversation. And I think it's, you know, the thing that I'll just drop here at the end is that anyone that's listening, life is incredible and it's an opportunity. And we really have a chance to do something for ourselves, to have a better experience of life than what was modeled to us, what was given to us. And so if there's anyone that's listening, that's in a place of, you know, there's something else I want in life, look for it, find someone that can teach you it, find someone that's in that space already that can share what they know about it, because life gets better, especially if we try. And it's not hard to do, you know, it just takes time. Yeah, definitely. It definitely takes time. And it is a lot of work, but the rewards Ah, huge. So huge. Like the huge. peace that I have now and how calm my nervous system is. 
is worth oh. all the shit I put myself through. <laughs> in this I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I, I made a post a while back and, and uh, it was really, it, it was cool. Like somebody had asked me, what would you tell your 25 year old self? And I said, I wouldn't tell him anything. I would just let him hear my house at that exact moment because my kids were playing and my wife had just walked in and she just looked at me in the eyes and she walked out because I was on a call. And I was like, if I could just show him the 25 year old version of me, what's going on right now, he would know that it's all going to be okay. Not only show him, but like what it feels like to be in that moment. Cause I know your heart expanded. Oh yeah. Huge. I mean, I just, I'm living a life that's just beautiful and abundant and free and just, uh, you know, it's not easy. I still have challenges and I still work through challenges every day. I mean, I'm in the carpool lane every morning. It's like, you know, it's tough. Life's hard, (laughs) you know, but, but, and I get to experience the most beautiful love I've ever had. And I love my children. They love me. And, you know, life is just great. And my businesses are doing well. So it's like, what more do I really want? I mean, if the carpooling is your biggest struggle in the day, then you're winning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's not. I mean, business stuff is the biggest challenge. You know, it's like, how do I build a bigger business? And how do I make sure my wife feels great every day? It's like that stuff is the daily work, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Yeah, I was just laughing because the carpool thing is just, you anyone that has young kids knows. Yeah, 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 for sure. That that yeah. will bring out the unhealed version of you probably fairly quickly. Yeah, of everybody, everybody. It's just wild. It's the wild west of our current lives. It's like yeah, it's you know, elementary school carpool. Um, well, well can, where can people find you? Yeah, well, my name is Max Trombley, and so they can find me on Instagram pretty easily. Um, and uh, my website is ashiftinbeing.com. And you can find me there. You can reach out through the contact form if you want to get in touch with me. Um, and yeah, you know, I, that's it. I just keep it to Instagram and Instagram. I mean, I'm on TikTok too, but that's kind of more of an experiment, not something I'm really invested in. So I would stick to Instagram as my main transmission and I teach freely on Instagram. So if this is stuff that you're interested in, follow me and just, you know, my reels, I I post reels really often just around things to change lives toward the better. So it's a great spot. Your your content is great. I mean, that's what gravitated me towards your page and the the stuff you share is actually has value. There's so many people that are just on there just saying words and it's a whole lot of nothing. And at the end, you're listening for 20 minutes and nothing has been said. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I consider myself to be a mechanic of the human experience in a way where it's like, if you got a problem, give me a call. I'll see how I can tune it up and get you out of here in 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's what I try to do is how can we make this easy? Well, thanks again for joining us. And remember, guys, My pleasure. if this episode was helpful, share it, leave a review. And remember, it's not all love and light.